0: Now, if you want to crown them then crown their ass but they are who we thought they were and we let them off the hook i'm the best corner in the game when you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're gonna get As we sitting here i supposed to be the franchise player and we're in here talking about practice did you remind the world what yeah. you said to me a few weeks ago that that tip tebow was better in the fourth quarter than tom brady could you remind that did are you ready say to say tell that. the world that you thought he was better than aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I'd take you in a one-game scenario, I would. Get your popcorn ready. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Fantasy First Podcast here on the High Stakes Sports Debates Network. I'm your host, Tom Jude, and what an exciting Week 12 of the NFL we got here for you guys. We're going to go through some Turkey Day action. Thanksgiving football was just passed. Pretty crazy. Calvin Johnson reverting back to Megatron, or is he? We'll talk about that. Where in the hell is Demarius Thomas? This guy's a wide receiver one who we've hailed at that status for a long time. Guy couldn't catch a freaking cold out in the snow. We'll talk about Demarius Thomas in this Broncos offense. Russell Wilson exploding five touchdowns against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Get into Russell Wilson's play and talk about how he could potentially win you a fantasy championship. The 2014 wide receiver class, really playing big. We'll talk about guys like Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Martavis Bryant, and more. Gronk gets hurt, guys. Uh-oh. Big panic up in New England. Tom Brady's got nobody now. So we'll have to see him monitor that situation. And we'll talk more studs, more duds, and Fantasy's Week 12 action. So let's jump right in. Megatron. Doing Megatron freakish things, albeit against a pretty putrid Philadelphia secondary. I think we can all agree at at this point that they're just bad. This Chip Kelly defense, which was once this team's strength, is now looking like a mighty weakness. And when you've got Mark Sanchez under center, that just does not equate to good feelings. So, Megatron getting it done. I believe nine catches for 80 yards and three touchdowns. I count them three touchdowns. Now, is this production that you can rely on week in and week out for the rest of the season? I'll be honest with you guys. While I think Thanksgiving... While Calvin Johnson's Thanksgiving performance was good, I do expect a revert back down to kind of, you know, 12 to 18 points in a PPR. This dude's not going to score three touchdowns every game. We all know that. I feel like this was a product of Thanksgiving. Uh, The Eagles were also susceptible to the run game. Amir Abdullah, uh, Joyke Bell, believe it or not, that fossil got in a couple of good runs. Uh, So, you know, that really helps a guy like Calvin Johnson get single coverage, take shots down the field. Uh, You know, Jim Caldwell talked about it before the game that if this guy got single coverage in the red zone... That he's going to throw it up to Calvin, and that's exactly what he did. Uh, hopefully, Calvin can do what he's been doing, but I just wouldn't expect it. This offense is still dysfunctional. Their offensive coordinator's name is still Jim Bob Cooter. Okay, I'm just not sure I trust a guy whose last name is Cooter uh, to, to, to help get. Uh, and that's completely a joke, by the way. I'm sure he's a great offensive coordinator. Point is don't expect thirty five plus points from calvin Johnson, Demarius Thomas, we're screaming your name at the top of the Tower of Babel. Where the heck are you? I can't find you with a telescope that could see Pluto, okay? Where, I mean, you're getting targets for Brock Osweiler. You are a $70 million receiver, okay? You got Des Bryant money. You got A.J. Green, Julio Jones money. And frankly, I'll take all three of those guys over you. Frankly, I'll take my grandmother who's hooked up to an oxygen tank to get more catches than you would. It's just I don't understand what's going on with Demarius Thomas. Maybe it's just the fact that he's not getting these cushy little screen plays like he was with Adam Gase that he would take for 50-plus-yard touchdowns a couple times a season. Now Demarius Thomas actually has to be a legit receiver, run more routes, come over the middle a little bit more. Now he made one solid catch Uh, You know, at the end of that game, but Demarius Thomas is simply not putting up the consistent numbers. Again, Peyton Manning's not under center, and we all know Peyton Manning obviously increases the value of his fantasy wide receivers. I mean, that's why DT has been... Almost arguably maybe behind Brown and maybe that one year with Flash Gordon going insane. He's been like the wide receiver two, wide receiver five. I mean, this guy finishes with legitimate targets and with legitimate catches. He just... Maybe he's a product of Peyton. I'm not going to go and say that that it that far, because obviously a good quarterback needs good weapons and vice versa. Peyton Manning's not putting up the points that he was in Indianapolis all those years without Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison. It just doesn't happen. So when I look at this Broncos situation, and if you've got Demarius Thomas in Dynasty Leagues, Cough, cough, I do, and I'm, I am I want to shoot myself because I lost by six points because this guy can't get his head out of his butthole. So, I wouldn't expect Marius Thomas to light up. If you're relying on this guy for a playoff run, I'm sincerely sorry. Um, until Peyton Manning's back at the helm, I wouldn't expect much. And again, you could argue, oh, yeah, Peyton Manning, you know, this guy's 40,000 years old, but he still targets Demarius Thomas. You can go ahead and look at the targets. Thomas is top five in terms of targets from the wide receiver position this year he's just been super inefficient uh you know so when I watch that New England game and I'm sitting here playing the highest scorer in my dynasty league who scored 176 points I'm sitting here with 150 points to start the day I had Gronkowski and Demarius Thomas and I'm thinking to myself hey you know what I've got a good shot here yeah, no, I, I didn't have a prayer because Demarius Thomas cut his hands off before the game. So, what to expect from Demarius Thomas? Not a whole lot, guys. I think D. Thomas at this point is a wide receiver, too, uh, based on volume. He's talented, don't get me wrong, but I'll name nine receivers that are better than Demarius Thomas. Russell freaking Wilson! What a performance by the 26-year-old quarterback, really getting it in with five touchdown passes and this is a game where Jimmy Graham left the game with a patella tear injury yes Victor Cruz's injury yes Ryan Williams injury the same Ryan Williams who had a lot of promise but because of that torn patella was never able to reach his full potential I'm a little bit worried about Jimmy Graham for the future some guys just leave so much of that speed on the operating table and when you talk about a guy like Jimmy Jimmy Graham, who relies on being athletic, getting in and out of his breaks. Again, he's not a blocking tight end. We all know that, but obviously the Seahawks don't because they make him block 78% of the time. Point is, I'm a little bit, I'm well, not a little bit. I'm really worried about this patellar injury. And if you own Jimmy Graham in Dynasty, man, I tell you, it's gonna be tough sledding for you. He might not ever return to form, and that's gonna kill his trade value. Going back to Russ. Here you have a guy who obviously went up against one of this generation's best quarterbacks, and Ben Roethlisberger. We know what that dude—that dude is capable of: sick pump fake, great at extending the play. Matter of fact. I think Wilson and Roethlisberger are actually similar quarterbacks, not on not in terms of their build and their stature and how they play, but a lot of their big plays rely on extending the play. With Roethlisberger, you see him shrugging dudes off. With Wilson, you see him scrambling in the pocket and making great plays with his eyes down the field. Same type of quarterback in that sense, relying on backyard plays when the play breaks down. So that's why this was such a fun matchup to watch. Now... This Pittsburgh secondary is their Achilles heel. This front seven played pretty well. Thomas Rawls, not a big factor. Heck, even Russell Wilson only 14 yards with his feet. Usually we're used to a much bigger performance, 20 to 40 yards generally with Wilson. But you know what? The Steelers had a pretty good game plan. Keep Russell Wilson in the pocket. The problem is Wilson can make throws from the pocket. He's not your stereotypical traditional running quarterback where he relies on his feet. Russell Wilson is a quarterback that continues to keep his eyes down the field and scrambles to buy time. Really only uses his feet in last resort opportunities. You know, he's a smart quarterback. When you see him run, he slides. Very cerebral guy. I think that's one of the reasons why Russell Wilson is kind of You know, entered that upper echelon of quarterbacks. Really separated himself from the Kaepernick's, the RG3s, uh, just a lot of the mobile guys. I still take Wilson over Cam if I'm building my franchise. I just think Wilson is a better thrower from the pocket, and he really put that on display today. Again, there's no weapons out there for this guy. You could talk about Jimmy Graham till the cows come home. He's blocking 78% of the time. So when you have a guy blocking that much, You know, your best receivers are Doug Baldwin, Jermaine Kearse. I really like Tyler Lockett for the future. I hope he can develop into a nice little receiver for Russell Wilson. Also, since 2014, since the start of it, Russell Wilson's been the second most sacked quarterback, only behind Blake Bortles. That line is terrible. You put a statue like Brady, like Manning, like Breeze, back behind that Seahawks offensive line, those guys will get crushed. Those guys will get killed. This team's lucky Wilson has his mobility. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in a wild card spot right now. Especially with the Legion of Boom playing like the Legion of Doom. Just terrible. I mean, I'll give Sherman credit. He locked down Antonio Brown today. It was the Mark Tavis Bryant show. Um, But I really like Russell Wilson going forward. Now, he does have a couple tough matchups. uh, But... You know, keep rolling him out there while he's hot. This team does not have Marshawn Lynch, obviously due to sports hernia surgery. Um, so, Wilson will be relied upon very heavily to make big plays. And, excuse me, again, just five touchdowns, matching a career high. Continue to lock and load Wilson, people. And, again, if he doesn't get it through the air, he gets it with his legs. 2014 wide receiver class, the receiving class that will go down in history. What a performance they put on this week, starting with Jarvis Landry, doing a lot in garbage time, 13 catches, 165 yards and a touchdown. The only thing Jarvis Landry can't do is get down the field, which is obviously why he's relegated to Ryan Tannehill's short and intermediate option. But in PPR leagues, the guy continues to get it done. Really a wide receiver one. Sure, low end. You can argue that that's fine. I'm not going to argue that. Point is, with Jarvis Landry in the lineup, you can expect a lot of catches, a lot of volume. There's really not too many other passing targets. uh, Devontae Parker's still developing. Kenny still sucks. Rashard Matthews is there, but really inconsistent. The, the, the consistent cog in this Miami offense is Jarvis Landry. Also, quick random side note, Ajayi looks freaking legit, man. Freaking legit. If you got him in Dynasty Leagues, pat yourself on the back. You did a wonderful job. Obviously, this guy was limited with injuries, a rib injury all you know. summer. Um, a couple people talked about how he... or. During the during the you know training camp, that uh, pass protection was an issue for Jaje, and that's kind of why this guy got swept under the rug. But if you were smart and patient enough to hold on to Jaje, go you. Back to Jarvis Landry, though, really a guy that got you know another guy really that got swept under the rug in the 2014 draft simply because he didn't have the size and speed. Here you have a guy who's 5'10", 5'11", ran like a 4'7", 40 time. Just, he's not getting down the field. Jarvis Landry's going to beat you with acceleration, good route running, and strong hands. We call that arrogant hands in the NFL. Guys are really good with his hands, and frankly, if you've got him in PPR, you've got quite a stud on your hands. So, Jarvis Landry going in. Sammy Watkins finally, you know, Reversing his invisibility. I mean the guy essentially was invisible against the New England Patriots and he showed up kind of big. So you know, go um, you know, go Sammy Watkins. I'm 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 happy you finally did something, albeit against the Chiefs, but still a good game nonetheless. Had a sick touchdown grab, thrown great ball thrown by Tyrod Taylor. Sammy Watkins. Six catches, 158 yards, and two touchdowns. Keep him plugged in. Another guy that went off, you know, Odell Beckham, the consistent uh, New York Giants receiver, the only New York Giants receiver for that matter. Uh, Nine catches, 142 yards, and a score uh, against what seemed to be a hapless Washington secondary, although they played pretty well in that game. Uh, Odell Beckham was... Doing his thing all game, but really didn't get into the end zone till the end. Uh, the New York Giants just played a horrible game altogether, but Odell Beckham. Really coming up big. Mark Bryant. The number two receiver in Pittsburgh doing his thing. What a stud this guy is, first of all. I understand, you know, you could use the argument, oh yeah, he's going up against backup receivers, and and that's all fine and dandy, but when you are constantly and consistently getting ahead of your opposition by three yards, I mean, this dude blows by any cornerback you put on him. He's got some serious speed. The one issue I have with Mark Tavis Bryant is he's Waits a little bit for the ball to come to him. I wish he had the hands and the presence to go up there, really pluck it out of the air. You don't see that much with Martavis Bryant. I want to see him be more aggressive for those contested catches. But, going back to his fantasy value, anytime you got a guy who like Roethlisberger who has absolutely no problem chucking the rock downfield, you're going to translate to fantasy points because that's what Martavis does best. He runs down the field. So it's just, it's mind-blowingly awesome to talk about how deep this 2014 wide receiver class is. And it's going to be one of the greatest wide receiver classes of all time. Heck, we're not even talking about Kelvin Benjamin. Mike Evans had a so-so game, but we know that he'll be an elite talent in this league. I mean, there's just so many guys that you can put your hand on from this 2014 class, and you know that you're going to get production. I mean, look what Cam Newton's doing with Corey Brown and Devin Funchess. Just imagine when you reinsert Kelvin Benjamin, what type of offense that Cam Newton and co. will be able to run. So that is just an amazing thing, watching these 2014 receivers Really get it in. Uh Uh-oh. Rob Gronkowski suffers a huge injury. We're still not sure what the injury is. The point here, though, is it definitely looked kind of scary. Gronk was unable to put any sort of weight onto, uh, I believe it was his right leg. Don't quote me on that. I think it was his right leg, though. An early an early prognosis, according to one of the reporters for Sunday Night Football, was that he's dealing with an MCL issue. It didn't look like an ACL from where I was watching. I was sitting right in front of the TV watching it as it went down. Uh, didn't look like something super serious. But again, you know that's the thing with Gronkowski. He's Quite possibly the most dominant tight end we've ever seen in fantasy. The problem is he's always nicked up. And every time you're nicked up in the NFL, you can't help your fantasy owners. So, I don't know what to do with Rob Gronkowski. Me personally, I have him in Dynasty. I was relying on him for a fantasy championship run. I'm thinking about, honestly, tanking at this point. There's no way I'm going anywhere without Rob Gronkowski. The man's like Jesus Christ playing the tight end position. So, definitely something you're going to want to monitor as this week progresses. I don't think he's just going to run out there unless he's like Wolverine and the dude just self-heals. I don't expect him to play next week. So, you better hope that if you can go a week without Gronk, maybe he comes back for the first round of the playoffs. But that's a key cog on a lot of people's first-round picks. And if Rob Gronkowski goes down, that's going to take a lot of people out of the fantasy championship consideration. And, you know, like I said, I hate to admit it, but I am one of those people. I am relying on the services of Rob Gronkowski, and now I'm not going to get him. And there's nobody that you can pick up off the waiver wires that's going to do what Gronkowski does. That's why we talk about drafting him so high. I mean, you can go out on the waiver wire. I mean, you probably were able to pluck any combination of these guys. I'll just start rolling names off the top of my head. Stevie Johnson at some point in the season. Travis Benjamin. Danny Amendola. um, You know, just a bunch of receivers. Kamar Aiken had had a, you know, just strictly based on volume, the dude was a low on wide receiver too. Talk about Michael Crabtree. Just all these receivers that you could either pick up or draft super late, that'll put up points on your roster. You're not going to go to the waiver wire on any given week and find a plug-in-play 20-point tight end. It just doesn't happen, people. So that's why we value Gronkowski so much, and it's unfortunate that his injury will probably sideline him for at least a week, potentially even more. And unless you drafted and got some serious killer value, that could seriously hurt your championship run. So, tough luck for the Patriots. Tough luck for Gronkowski. You know, he's a guy that makes watching the NFL so much more exciting, so much more enjoyable. Just watching him dominate his opposition is truly a euphoric experience, and it's going to be one that's severely missed. So, Gronk, we hope you get better. Something you're definitely going to want to monitor as the season and as your playoff season begins. Other top performers, Marcus Wheaton will start with some receivers. Nine catches for 201 yards at a score. If you started him in FanDuel, congratulations. You just won some money. Uh, Marcus Wheaton will not do that on a week-to-week basis. Heck, I probably wouldn't even start him next week. But he's a top performer. We already talked about Jarvis Landry. Jeremy Macklin coming out of the rock. He's been hiding under the last couple seasons. Nine catches, 160 yards, and a touchdown. Sammy Watkins we talked about. Odell Beckham. Brandon Marshall continuing to find a time machine every time he gets on the football field. Nine catches, 131 yards, and two touchdowns. This dude is unstoppable. Unstoppable. Put a cape and a mask on him. He'll go fight crime for you. Keep Brandon Marshall locked into your lineups. From the tight end position, Julius Thomas. Nine catches, 116 yards, and a touchdown. Um, you know, really kind of helping this Jaguars team. Blake Bortles has got weapons. Let's admit it. Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns, Julius Thomas. That's a solid cast of weapons. And as long as Robinson and Hearns continue to do their thing, I expect Julius Thomas to be able to run rampant in the middle of the field. I don't expect stat lines like this every week. But I expect Julius Thomas to be able to get you a solid four to five catches every week. And who knows, maybe he can make a dynamic play. Amari Cooper, doing his thing. Rookie year, pretty much a professional athlete coming out of college. Seven catches, 115 yards against Tennessee. But, again, rookie kid, just absolutely on fire. So, those are some of your receiving leaders for Week 12 in the NFL. Rushing, the Cyborg, the Monster, Hercules himself, Adrian Peterson, Rushing the Rock 29 times for 158 yards and two touchdowns. Is there anybody more consistent than running with running the Rock than Adrian Peterson? I personally think he will play till he's 33-34. Um, again, we know running backs fall off a cliff. Look at Marshawn Lynch this year. But this guy is just another worldly talent. A flat-out freak. Continue to start this guy. Heck, this guy's getting some serious MVP consideration. When you talk about this eight and two, um, you know Vikings football team, they're legit. You talk about Mike Zimmer having this defense together uh, with Adrian Peterson. As long as Teddy Bridgewater doesn't turn over the football, I think this team will be fine. Uh, I'm still a fan of Bridgewater, even though you know he's a game manager right now. Uh, Adrian won't be around forever but while Adrian Peterson's around you got to consider this guy the best in the business Todd Gurley falling flat today. Not even in the top 10 here in terms of statistics from running backs. Spencer Ware, 19 carries, 114 yards, and a touchdown. You could plug in your grandma at the retirement center behind this Cincinnati or this Kansas City offensive line with Andy Reid. And your grandma will average over four yards per carry. It's almost a lock. I bet my life on it. Okay? This guy just can. This team continues to just be able to plug in running backs and get production. CJ Anderson doing his best impression of you know Terrell Davis, fifteen carries, one hundred and thirteen yards, and two scores. The Denver Broncos and the Patriots undefeated season Tevin Coleman getting a product of a product of volume 18 carries 110 yards average 6.1 yards per carry I think Tevin Coleman's performance has solidified the fact that while well, I like Devontae Freeman as a talent he obviously doesn't blow people away and he is also a product of volume if you go back and you look at some of his you know that four game hot stretch it's multi touchdown games that's what fantasy all about you want the guys that score now granted Freeman has gotten you know catches and yards and that's what kept him in the top five of backs this year but let's be honest without the touchdowns he's not like going god mode he's not playing the creator of all life so uh it doesn't matter you could probably plug in Jim Brown right now with the Falcons, and you'd get some serious production. Eddie Lacy on Thanksgiving, coming out of the hole he hit under, 17 carries, 105 yards. I think Lacy's a guy that this Packers team is going to rely on to ride into the playoffs with, and I think Lacy's a guy you want to continue to start. Doug Martin, 14 from 97. Chris Ivory getting over 20 carries, 87 yards and a touchdown. Thomas Rawls, 21 carries, 81 yards and a touchdown doing his thing. Passing leaders, baby. Ben Roethlisberger, 456, a touchdown and an interception, but that's playing in Seattle for you. Ryan Tannehill put on his cape and his cowl and decided to become... Garbage man, Ryan Tannehill, 33 for 58, 351 and three touchdowns, albeit garbage time. We talked about Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford earning the Galloping Gobbler Award, throwing for 337 yards and five touchdowns. That's the Calvin Johnson effect, but hey, someone's got to be pulling the strings, right? So... Derek Carr bouncing back to reality, 3.30 and three touchdowns. Uh, Marcus Mariota had three touchdowns on the day. Um, and we continue to see that the top fantasy quarterbacks are pretty different every week. It'll be interesting to see Tom Brady going forward with without Gronk potentially, without Edelman, without Amendola. Um, I'm not so sure I like his fantasy value going forward. I have to be honest, he seriously lacks weapons right now. And I'm just not sure if Tom Brady's a guy that could win you championships. Granted, if Gronk and and some other playmakers come back, I like his shot. But right now, it's going to be tough for me to start Brady if I've got other options like Roethlisberger, Wilson, Derek Carr. Those are all guys I would consider starting over Brady next week. So... Uh, Yeah, what an interesting week. The only undefeated team left are the Carolina Panthers. Who would have thought? 12 weeks into the season and the Panthers are dominating. That defense looks legit. If Cam Newton just can continue to limit the turnovers, still get things going with this ground game, and getting his receivers involved, watch out for Carolina albeit they haven't beaten many good winning teams, but they beat the Packers and they went in and beat a Romo-led Cowboys team. And when Romo's leading that team, we know that it's a different squad. So, Well, guys, that was Fantasy First Recap Week 12 for you guys. We'll come out with another podcast hopefully later this week. Also, if you haven't checked out the YouTube channel, go ahead. we got great content for you guys. Debate Gate, Destination Dynasty, more content rolling out, so just search high-stakes sports debates. Also, let me know what you think of the podcast in the comment section below. Also, if you haven't checked out Rebel Media or Dynasty nerds, go ahead and check them out. You can follow me on Twitter at sports debate tom. All those links will be right underneath the player below. Go if you want to support the podcast, leave us some rankings on Stitcher and iTunes. It really goes a long way. It helps me out because I love talking to you guys and since i can't talk to everybody face to face this is really my way of doing it so this was week 12 in the nfl what an exciting week this was the fantasy first podcast i was your host tom jude we will see you here next time